Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wool. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. Awesome, Felicia, thank you so much for being here. I was delighted when I saw your submission to be a guest on the show because I think you are exactly what my audience needs to hear. You have a journey that I think a lot of them can relate to. So I'm just excited to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm super excited. This is going to be fun. Yes, it'll be a great conversation. You have gone through kind of this amazing journey and I have followed you for a while and I've seen this transformation that you've gone through. So talk to us about this transition that you've made um, from having a full-time career. You've turned your side hustle into like a full-time gig. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're doing all the things. Yeah, I'm doing a little too many things, but that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, um, I was a I was a former teacher. I taught first grade, so I taught the little itty bitty babies, and I I loved it actually. Like I I still love children to this day, but I once I started having my own little humans, it it started to shift a little bit. So for example. Like I would be pouring into my babies at work and then I'd come home and I'd be exhausted. Like I'd be so tired and it went from Mrs. Wright, Miss Wright, Miss Wright to mommy, 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 mommy. And it was just, it was just a bit too much. Not to mention like, while I love teaching, I just felt like we weren't doing everything we could for children. And I started to have some guilt there. So I taught in a title one, which is a low income area. And I just felt like there was a lot of bureaucracy on the back end. And like, we weren't always doing things that were best for kids. It was more what was best on paper. And I just started to lose my passion for it. So I started to look on things, look for things online. I started, I was like, oh, well, you know, everybody's blogging. Let me blog. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to be this big blogger and it's going to be awesome. And then I just discovered, yeah, I don't like to write. So that was a mistake, but that's kind of important when you're a blogger. (laughs) I was just starting out and I was just like blog. Yeah. That's what everybody does. Right. And, um, I got over that real fast and I decided, I looked into marketing and I found that, um, and I started, um, fall or getting clients and doing their social media and then I slowly transitioned out of teaching and I'm happy I did it I I still remember the little babies that I left behind so that's I feel like once I you know make it big you know big big when I when I can contribute I would go back and start doing things for those kids in those communities but yeah I had to leave and I turned my side hustle into a full-time gig and The rest is, as they say, history. (laughs) That's so awesome. You know, I hear from so many teachers who have gone through that same emotional kind of guilt and that journey of I want to be doing more, but my hands are tied because of the bureaucracy that's tied up in the education system. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it sucks because to me, the ones that are the most concerned are the ones that get the most frustrated and end up walking away from careers that they they're truly meant to be in, but they can't do that. 
they can't do what they want to do because there's so much bullshit that's tied up in in the school systems. Yeah, the the year I left, one of my friends, she taught first grade too. And I swear she's like the best teacher I've ever met. She left too. And I and I was like, I'm grieving the loss of you because like if you're leaving, then like what's gonna be left for my kids? Then yeah, yeah it's it's a common thing and it's it's unfortunate. And it's this, it's this vicious cycle too, because if, you know, let's face it, America does not have the best educational system to begin with. And when you start pushing out the good ones, you start getting the less than great teachers, the teachers that are just doing it for a job. And, Mm -hmm. and it's like, (laughs) hello, wake up call. You're hiring crappy teachers because the good teachers don't want to put up with the bullshit and it's turning into more bullshit and our education system just keeps spiraling. It's like, it is. Do they not see this? <laughs> and like, I swear, sometimes it's as if they don't care. Like, I feel like it's just a factory. Pump kids in, yeah. pump them out. Like, oh. and my sister works at the university level and she's like, man, she would call me. She's like, girl, like, what are you doing? Like with these kids, like they're getting to the university level and they can't do basic things. And I'm like, look, it ain't on me. <laughs> they tell us to pass them and send them along. Uh-huh. So don't look at me. <laughs> Yeah, no child left behind means teachers just push them on through. Oh, that's yeah, so horrible. And then you become a mom and then you have a totally different, you know, um, you're you're invested in a completely different way. It's just yeah. crazy to me. It's just, yeah, the education system in this country is wild. It's, it's, it's a mess. For us being such a high caliber of, you know, of a country and we're supposed to have, you know, great systems in places, man, we we're a fucking hot mess right now. (laughs) We are. We, we truly are. And like what we're doing and I, and I look at like the kids that are in the low income areas, they get it the worst. Yeah. And it's, it just, it's heartbreaking. What were, you know, making that transition from such a passionate career that, I mean, seriously, to become a teacher, you don't do it for the money. This is not, this is not a job that you do for fame and fortune um, by any means. So you have, you know, you mentioned that it was hard for you to step away. What was that like in your home? What were the conversations that you were having, you know, with your family members and your significant others? Hey, I'm going to leave this career that I have built to run a side hustle and do some social media, you know, marketing and that kind of stuff. What, What was going down in the right house when that conversation happened? Well, my husband likes to smile and nod at me because I'm kind of wild with all these like cockamamie ideas and stuff. So he just smiles and nods. But here's the thing when it comes to husbands, they, they respond to the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like, okay, you do what you want, but uh, let's, let's see some paper. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So at that time I was like, I want to do this, babe. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then I started to do it. And then he kind of woke up and he's like, oh, you're kind of doing it. Oh, you're doing, oh, 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 talk now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You were serious about that. (laughs) You weren't joking. (laughs) No, I was not. (laughs) So made us. Yeah, they do. And I swear the conversation didn't get serious until, you know, money started hitting the account. Yeah. Yes. And That's then the, then the eyes serious. open and they go, oh, let's talk about this. Yeah. So what are you planning on doing? Right. What are you doing again? <laughs> I had a conversation 
this was several years ago when I, I had made a pivot in my business and I had shifted over into, I was doing event consulting. Um, I had gone from, from business teaching to more of event consulting, bringing in my roots of being an event planner and that kind of stuff. And my husband had, he was repeating a conversation that he had with a coworker and the guy had asked him, he's like, Oh, well, what's your wife doing? And he goes, I don't really know. And I, at first I was like, what do you mean? You don't know what I do. He's like, I don't, I don't know what you do. He's like, you do computer stuff. And then oh you know, when, you know, 2020 happened and I was, you know, making another pivot in my career and I was looking for new work and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, Oh, uh, my buddy said that they're hiring at his company. They need an office person who does the computer stuff. And I oh look at God. him and I go, do you know what I do? I go, I have 25 years of event planning experience and I ran my own business consulting firm for seven years. Do you know what I do? He's like, yeah, you do computer stuff. Oh man. I was like, oh, bless his heart. I'm really trying not to choke you right now. I know. <laughs> I swear that they say they're listening, but they're not. Cause once you start asking questions, uh-huh. it, it all falls apart. Yes. It just crumbles. I'm yes. like, oh God. <laughs> Yes. And that, yes. And then I showed him, I showed him a check. I go, Oh, I made this much money doing this project for this client. He's like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> break. Now tell me really, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, you, you made all that money doing that. And I go, yeah, that's what I do. And he's like, Oh, so you don't just sit on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> taking everything I have not to kill you right now <laughs> men, I swear you have Ugh. you you mentioned in the previous episode of of your own podcast um a conversation that you had with him that I absolutely loved I was even taking notes while I was listening to it and you were talking you were talking with him and he said he said something along the lines of that's okay because you're always crazy or you always have crazy ideas <laughs> and I love yeah. this concept you talked about in this episode that it's okay to not be normal. I love that. I think more women need to hear that because, and especially moms who are trying Mm -hmm. to juggle all of the things like, you know, we're always trying to me, we're always trying to find where do we fit in? Where's our place? Is it in the mommy groups? Is it at work? You know, what is our identity as a woman? Mm -hmm. And I love, I love when women give other women permission to not do things the same as everybody else. Yeah. And I, I had that conversation with him because I was just kind of like, look, think at reflecting. Cause I've been reflecting a lot because I had my baby last year and I've been reflecting a lot. And I was just like, I just feel like I've, I've never really fit in anywhere. So at that, during that conversation, I, I sat down and asked him, I was like, do you think I'm normal? Like, I mean, I, I just, I feel like I never fit in because I was looking back on when I was teaching, you know, all the teachers are in the teacher's lounge and I was not in, I was in my room on the computer on Facebook networking, you know, so I, I never fit in there. So I was like, do you think I'm normal? And he, he just kind of looked at me. He's just like, well, not really. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now I asked, I asked. <laughs> he, but what he said after that was beautiful and he's just like you know he's like you're you're not normal but to do what you do you can't be normal mm-hmm. you kind of have to be out there to be able to do all the things that you do and put yourself out there so there's nothing wrong with that and I was like oh man thank you 
right? You went from, I'm going to, you know, poison your coffee in the morning to you are the best man ever. (laughs) Yeah, it was so sweet. But I, I think I really needed to hear it at that time because I was just spiraling a little bit. I was like, man, am I crazy? Am I crazy? But um, he put it really nice. And I was like, Oh, thanks, babe. So they they redeem themselves. Yes, right. Yes, they do. They may think that we're the computer girls at the office. But every once in a while, they they throw in a golden nugget that keeps us loving them. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I love that whole, you know, feeling like you don't fit in because I think, and especially women who make a pivot to the entrepreneurial world. Um, cause I've all, I've, I never really felt like I fit into the corporate life. I spent most Mm -hmm. of my life in the corporate side of, you know, business and that kind of thing. And there was always a piece of me that I was like, there's, there is something wrong with me. I do not fit in. And I think it's because we have this passion and this fire inside of us that we we're not the corporate box women. Mm-hmm. And you know, that little voice, it just never goes away No, year after year, like day after day. It's like this, this whisper. And then it turns into this roaring sound mm-hmm. of like, you don't belong here. That's the best way I could describe it. But that like, it just never way. goes away. Yeah. And it almost feels like the more you try and hush it, the louder it starts to get. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. So Talk to me about what you're doing now. How did you get over the fear of leaving, leaving a paycheck, you know, deciding that, you know, you were going to go into marketing. Now you're doing social media. What are you, what are you up to now? I know you've got your own podcast and, you know, you're a great inspiration for women turning their sign hustle into, you know, full-time gig. Um, talk to me about what you're doing. Um, so right now I'm helping ambitious women. Most of the people I work with are moms and I help them monetize their skills and turn that side hustle into a full-time gig. And I always say ambitious women because I think, I think we are our own avatar Mm. and I was really ambitious teaching, but then it just didn't fit after a while. So I find that like a lot of the women that I work with are the same, like they're very ambitious in whatever they're doing, but it's just not all the way the answer. And they're looking for something different. So most of the time, like when I work with moms, I teach them how to do it in the pockets of their day. Because when I was teaching, uh oh, sorry, kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, (laughs) but um when I was teaching I did everything in the pockets of my day so I would do it um I'd work a little bit in the morning I'd have prep and I'd listen to inspirational stuff while I was grading papers I'd have lunch and I was doing coffee chats on my lunch break (laughs) and doing discovery calls on my lunch break one discovery call I ran to the car because, you know, in schools, they're always making those announcements uh-huh. over the PA. Yep. Oh, such and such come to the office. <laughs> <laughs> so I would do it in the car. So um, those are the type of women that I enjoy working with, like, you know, getting it all done, even though you're tired, but you're really fueled by like the excitement of possibly doing something new. Yeah. And that's actually how I got over the fear was it was just so exciting opening up this new, new world of like 
owning your own business and mm. meeting all these women that are on fire and doing the thing. That was how I got over the fear. It was just so exciting to me yeah. that I was able to push through it. Because honestly, there is no magical seance or no special affirmation <laughs> that is going to help you get over the fear. You have to push through it. That's what I always tell moms. Yeah, I think that's the best advice too. I think, you know, we're, we're waiting for the fear to go away or we're looking for the, you know, the, what's the secret formula to making yeah. it happen. And really the secret is you just have to start doing it and yeah. you have to be excited about doing it. You know, it's so funny. You talk about, you know, your lunch break discovery calls and coffee chats <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Just a, real quick, a funny story. When I was at my last corporate job, um, I had, I shared an office with another gal and I thought she was going to lunch. So I went ahead and scheduled a, a discovery call with a client during my lunch at my desk. And she, okay. she sneaks in and she goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're on the phone. And I go, and I just look at her and I go, it's okay. I, I, I you know, muted my client and I said, mm-hmm. it's okay, but just so you know, this is not related to our job. And she goes, can I listen? I was like, yeah, I was like, that's totally fine, but please don't rat me out. You know, like, don't, don't go tell the boss that Desiree's sitting in her office using her, you know, work computer or whatever, you know, for a discovery call or whatever. And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm excited to hear what an ambitious woman does on her lunch break. I was like, oh, snap, that's me. And it was, that's when I was kind of like, oh, I'm an ambitious woman. Yeah, I got this. I'm making shit happen on my lunch break. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of women can relate to that. I think, and I think having a career and, or not even a career, having a job. And when you know you, you're either at the point in your job where it's time to do something else, or you have like this burning fuel inside that doesn't die, that you have bigger dreams. I think suddenly those little pockets of time that you're talking about, they become there. It's not even, it's not even up for negotiation. Like this Mm -hmm. is just what we have to do. So I think teaching women how to use those pockets of time in a productive way that is going to help fuel their fire and, and get things really moving for them is so important because I think, you know, it's so funny. I just saw, um, and that was my child running by. I just saw a <laughs> meme this morning, right? <laughs> that um, it was a meme this morning that said, you know, when a, when a woman gets five minutes of quiet time, she's thinking, should I do the dishes? Should I write a blog yeah. post? Should I take a shower? Should I, you know, and when, when a man gets five minutes of time, it's, I wonder if she'll have sex with me, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredibly true. Every little moment that we get, we are trying to figure out how do we fill this up the right way? Yes. And so I think, I think these kinds of conversations that you're having with women and these conversations that you and I are having right now, I think it's so important because we're trying to do all the things all the time. Mm -hmm. But when we, when we know that there's a big change coming how are we using that time to make sure that that change happens in, in a way that works for us? Yeah, it, it's so difficult, like, but you have to get really clear on what you want in order to start filling those times effectively yeah. Yeah. and not be fearful of making a mistake. Because I find that a lot of women get hung up on like, well, what if I make the wrong choice? Mm. I mean, here I am, someone that hates writing and I, I created a blog. <laughs> 
(laughs) So, I mean, you just start moving through those mistakes faster. It's, it's literally, it's a muscle that you have to flex of trying something. Oh, that didn't work. Being able to move quicker and move through that mistake faster. So I I think that that women, we, we forget our magic, we forget our power and we need to cut it out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. I absolutely love that. Well, to me, this feels like a good segue for us to do some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. I love this part of the show. Okay. All right. First question. It sounds like it's going to be the easiest one. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, but um, who is someone either in your life that you know, personally, a celebrity dead or alive that you absolutely admire? And why? Um, I love Maya Angelou. Mm. She has, she's a craftsman with her words. And for some reason, everything just cuts me real deep. Everything Mm. she says. So Maya Angelou. Oh, I love, I love her. I, you know what? She, she's one of those ladies. (laughs) She's one of those ladies that could put you down with a smile and you say, thank you. Exactly. It's like, oh, she just read me and I loved everything. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. Question number two, what's one thing that really pisses you off? Um, Ooh. Oh yeah. I'm ready for this one. (laughs) I, (laughs) and I did a podcast episode about this one. I hate, and it's because I fell victim to this. I hate this whole male dominated entrepreneur space of like hustle till your wig falls off (laughs) and morning flow I'm like I'm sorry I'm nursing a baby in the morning and the other ones are asking for breakfast there is no morning flow stop listening to these men yes oh oh preach I we could probably do a whole episode just on that topic because that's one of my pet peeves is when I'm looking at the speaker lineup of anything is it is it middle-aged white men do we have do we have some people of color do we have some women on the please give me a little bit of flavor I know, please God, like, at least one woman. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing that you have done in your daily schedule as a, a man who probably has somebody taking care of your children for you that yes. you can help me with my productivity levels. Until you have a baby on your boob while on a conference call, you do not get to give me advice about how to start my day. Thank you. Yep. Oh, <laughs> see, yes, yes. You got me fired up on that one. What's your favorite swear word? Um, I actually don't swear much. And here's <laughs> why. I was in the military and I swear all the time. Oh, and then yeah. when I transitioned to teaching, I had to put that aside. Mm. So now I don't swear anymore. Um, crap. But that's not a swear word. <laughs> hey, you know what? Crap works. My kids aren't allowed to say it. So you know what? That counts as a swear word. <laughs> I almost sweared so many times in the classroom. I was like, girl, you got to get it together. It's probably why I could never be a teacher. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If you could share one piece of advice for all the women listening, what would you say? To go after that thing that won't leave you alone. To do what you want to do. To stop putting it aside for the kids. And I'm talking to myself right now as well, because it's like, I'm a work in progress as well, but you're worth it just as much as the kids are worth it. And the kids don't need a sad mommy. They need a happy one. Oh, I love that. That's amazing advice. 
and complete this sentence being slightly unfiltered to me means means being a woman on fire and not apologizing for anything I used to be like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm like you know what I'm not sorry the answer is no period (laughs) no is a complete sentence yes I love it talk to us about your podcast how can people find you and what are you talking about over there so I host the Go Rogue podcast and I talk about going rogue because that's what I call my journey leaving the classroom is going rogue because, you know, leaving the classroom, you're supposed to be doing it for the kids. And I kind of went rogue against like what you're supposed to do. So that's why I call it the Go Rogue podcast. And I talk about side hustles, entrepreneurship, you know, doing the damn thing and that's where I primarily hang out and on my Instagram, which is Hey Felicia Wright. Um, my website's HeyFeliciaWright.com. Just remember Hey Felicia Wright. I came up with that because people are always like, bye Felicia. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> no. Hey Felicia. Okay? Hey Felicia. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You were such a fun guest to have on the show. I will put links down to your website and to your podcast in the show notes below so everybody can go check you out. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. That was actually a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches. 